Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Kip Herridge here with the Daily Bureau Investing Podcast. Hope you had a good day today. Uh, lots to talk about today. A lot of good stuff, by the way. You know, since uh, the the end of July, which is when seasonality flipped from bullish to bearish, it's not been fun. It's been three months. What is that? Uh, 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 August, September, October. Yeah, three months of um, down action uh, with a lot of damage done. You know, we had we we got down to fourteen uh, percent of stocks above their fifty day moving. I I, I mentioned this uh, uh, this weekend on on uh, also on uh, uh, Charles Payne show on Fox Business this week. We got down to fourteen percent of stocks of SP five hundred. Fourteen percent above the 50-day moving average, and 28%, only 28% above the 200-day moving average. Those are the second and third lowest uh, readings from the bear market lows. And so what that told us was, okay, it really matched other things we're seeing. They said we had hit extreme oversold levels. We saw it throughout the viewing investing system. We saw it in chart after chart after chart. A lot of technical damage was done. But seasonality was really the thing. And we said it before, we'll say it again. This has been the best year for the analytics and for seasonality to hold up that I can remember in my career. Uh, because it's worked like clockwork and here we are again. Now we're in November. Uh, you know, now we've got, uh, all this time buy the dip strategy. We started uh, buying aggressively. We said back up the truck, uh, about eight days ago, uh, because of uh, this expectation, uh, that the, the lows are in and that now buy the dip is the time to do it again. And so it's good to be back in the cycle now. Uh, there should be a very positive cycle into year end, and we believe uh, 2024 is going to be a very good year for stocks as well. The second year of a bull market is up 100% of the time uh, from uh, 1952, uh, with average gains of right at 14%. So again, the data uh, tells us that uh, this is the time to own stocks. And by the way, we just happen to get a, a confused, as Tyler covered yesterday in his podcast, we get a very confused seeming uh, Jay Powell yesterday uh, at, at his uh, at, at his presser after the Fed statement, and uh, the market took that confusion uh, and some of his statements, the very dovish statements, as a significant policy shift. We think that's the case. We'll talk about that. We're talking about what we see as major inflection points that have reached now, uh, that have been reached and a different kind of great reset. I think this is going to be a theme. Matter of fact, we actually have talked about this for a long time. It's in the it's in the VRE, uh, it's in the, the big bribe of lower rates, much lower rates for much longer. And so um, we'll get into all that. Uh, great earnings coming out as well. Uh, we saw some of those today. So let's get into it. Dow Jones today. Uh, by the way, the, there were serious buy programs in place today throughout the day. If you notice, you're following the markets. We didn't have any dips. You know, I, I think the Dow only went up today. And uh, that's typically a very bullish sign. We had great internals today as well. Dow Jones finishing up 564 points. It's the best best day in a long time. <laughs> that's 1.7% gain. That's the best day in six months, by the way. SP 100 up 1.9%. Uh, NASDAQ up 1.8%. And I went on the day. It's a Russell 2000 up 2.7%. Small caps have been destroyed. They've been essentially in a two-year bear market, uh, completely washed out, completely hated. Of course, a lot of bank stocks in there, a lot of mining stocks in there. These have not done well. And now 
This is the time, their time to shine. The last couple of months of the year into January are the best time to own small caps. I think that's going to be, I think that's an area we're going to do a lot of, a lot of focus on. Uh, we have a lot of exposure to this group already. Uh, and some of our 10 baggers are in this, and I think this group is going to shine. Uh, also, the uh, semiconductors, which have been leading, surprise, surprise, that's what they do, up 2.3% today. And, of course, the big moves that everybody's been watching have been in the bond market. So over the last week, we have uh, pointed out multiple uh, outside days that have taken place in in both uh, bonds, uh, 10-year bond, but also in bond derivatives like in utilities. We've seen these over the last week or so. Uh, matter of fact, we saw the utilities about on October the 3rd and now, now up 11% from October. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, October the 3rd. And utilities uh, are important to follow as a bond derivative uh, because they're the utilities are the largest borrowers of money in the country. So, you know, uh, as a discounting mechanism, you know, they give you an early look and a heads up as to what's going to happen next. A great tell to follow are the utilities when it comes to major moves in rates, which we think we're, we think the highs are in. I'll get into that more in a little bit, but the 10 year, uh, which of course peaked just over 5%, now back down to a 4.68%. That's a pretty big percentage move in a short period of time. Um, uh, let's see. Again, Tyler covered the J-PAL uh, presser uh, yesterday. I'll just uh, uh, state again that this his his his, uh, his dovish press conference hap- just happened to coincide with the Atlanta Fed that came out with their GDP now estimate, where they're the only uh, uh, regional Federal Reserve that does this, and uh, they you know they were they were telling people we were going to have a five percent. Uh, third quarter GDP, and nobody believed them, and they almost nailed it. Of course, came in at 4.9%. So what is the Atlanta Fed saying now about the fourth quarter growth for for the GDP, gross domestic product? They're now saying 1.2%. Now it's early. They update this on a weekly basis. So, you know, they they could be ramping it up, but it is a noticeable uh, shift from 4.9% to 1.2%, obviously, as one of the Federal Reserve uh, central uh, regional banks, this is something Jay Powell knew before we did. I think that helps to explain his dovishness yesterday. And, of course, the market reacted right, right away to it. So, again, uh, Atlanta Fed, 1.2% growth. Look, I, we, could, we, could, we could be uh, scared of that. Or we could say, you know what? Okay, that means the Fed's done their job. And now, uh, 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 again, as Tyler covers yesterday, the lag effects – of the Fed's rate hikes are now really beginning to kick in. We think that's really happening here. Uh, you know, you've seen the housing market freeze up. Uh, retail sales have stayed strong. But so many other, again, derivatives uh, uh, for the economy have shown uh, leading indicators have fallen for 18 straight months. So you, you're seeing a lot of things that say we've had significant demand destruction. Uh, with a 5.5% Fed funds rate, mortgages at better than 8%. And... Uh, and, and, and now it's time for the Fed uh, to take their boot off our throat because the damage is done. Remember, they only had to do this to correct their own mistake uh, because of all the money printing and, of course, all their additional trillions of dollars in QE uh, that uh, sent inflation soaring to 41-year highs. So I'm not, I'm not about to tip my cap to them uh, and say, job well done, because you're only fixing your mistakes. I will say, though, however... Tyler and I just talked about this. 
we've been talking for the last few months to to our VRA uh, subscribers about a different kind of a great reset. So we had before this uh, was a recent rate hike a spike, we had 40 years of declining interest rates. 40 years. Worked pretty well for the stock market, did it not? Yes, it did. So where I will have to tip my cap going forward is what we've just witnessed is a reset, a reset of rates. And so we go from 40 years of declining rates to 18 months of skyrocketing rates. And now what if this thing is reset? What if the 10-year has peaked at 5%? And what if now for the next, I don't know, 5, 10, 15, 20, who knows how many years, right? What if rates continue to fall? So what we've really had is, again, a great reset of a different kind, not the Klaus Schwab kind of great reset, but a different kind of great reset uh, by the Federal Reserve. And now we, we're, we're, once again, back on our track to negative, to zero rates, zero percent rates, or even negative rates. It won't take a whole lot for Japan to get get back there. Uh, but anyway, it's something, of course, we keep an eye on. But that would be the point that I would have to tip my cap and say, you know what? As much as I dislike and pretty much despise the Federal Reserve, uh, a criminal cabal of bankers globally, I I would think this would be a, a great reset if they can pull this off that could be very positive longer term for the economy. And again, I'm not giving them a whole lot of credit. I'm just making an observation uh, because it would it would it would make sense, would it not, if they were to try something like this and, and if they're able to pull it off, then I think uh, again it would it we would not be complaining if all of a sudden we look up in 10 years and the 10 year yield is back down to like a one and a half percent yield from where it is today, a four point four point six seven percent. Uh, but we do think we're going to see again. We we think right now we, we're seeing significant inflection points that are taking place now. We started writing about this in August and uh, started preparing people for what we believe was going to happen in the fourth quarter. And now we're in the fourth quarter, and now it's happening again. Rates have peaked. All right, in, in, inflation first has peaked. We know that's the case. We now have disinflation, not inflation. That is clearly the case. I'm not saying inflation has gone away. I'm saying that it's lower than it was at this point over the last year, the definition of disinflation. Also, we think the Fed's hiking cycle is over again. These are these are seismic shifts as when it comes to an investment point of view to the markets. These are seismic shifts that are happening right now. If these are the case, that means rates have peaked. If the Fed's hiking cycle is over, we really don't want to go want them to go right from uh, pausing to rate cuts. The market doesn't want to see that. Uh, uh, that's that's not a healthy sign. Ideally, we'd like the Fed to be on pause for a year, two years, don't care, uh, because we can handle the rates here. They won't do that. The Fed's going to cut rates next year, we think by mid-2024. Uh, I'm expecting four rate cuts next year. Ed Hyman, the great economist at Evercore, is expecting six rate cuts next year because he believes the Fed has really overdone it. I think the economy is stronger than most people think. I think it will remain stronger than most people think for many of the the reasons we talk about here on a regular basis. And yes, it does stem from the Trump economic miracle. Those all those all those points uh, and all those programs Trump put in place are still in place uh, to to a very large degree. Tax cuts, anti-China, America first, and of course, massive deregulation over a thousand cuts to deregulation that, that Trump put in place, and those continue to power the economy. 
we think it's a great setup for the roaring 2020s as we've been talking about here. We also believe that, again, another inflection point, corporate earnings will continue to grow above trend. The earnings that are coming in are pretty amazing, okay? Today, for example, we, you know, one of our VRA 10 baggers is Palantir. Palantir reported great earnings today and also uh, raised estimates going forward. Guess why? Because of artificial intelligence and innovation. Again, another one of our big bribe megatrends uh, from the book we wrote, Tyler wrote The Big Bribe. Uh, innovation, of course, one of those major megatrends. And now here's Palantir saying, yeah, we're seeing it. We're raising our estimates. We had a really profitable quarter. Palantir up 19% today. Just after the close today, Tyler's give me the list. Square on earnings up 28%. Roku on earnings up 30%. Um, uh, there's a laundry list of companies uh, that are that are soaring uh, in this very very good third quarter of earnings. We think that continues. Uh, the, the growth may slow a little bit, but still we're looking for record earnings, record corporate earnings in this quarter and next quarter. We think the consumer will remain strong. That's been the surprise, really, to most economists has been the strength of the consumer. Um, you know, again, when you have housing prices at all time high, when you have net equity and homes at all-time highs, when you have credit scores at all-time highs, when you have consumer net wealth at all-time highs. You know, there's a lot. There just is. There's a lot of strength there. And that's why we've, we've warned so, so often and for so long about the perma bears. These are clickbait list builders. Uh, I actually put out a tweet uh, last night, included in our update today. I've warned about this, about perma bears for more than a decade. Because I believe, and I've believed for a long time, written this up over the last, I say, over the last decade, there are sophisticated strategies that are at work and have been at work to bend investor sentiment, to keep people negative. I call it a psyop of negativity. Well, people have to understand, and why would they do it? Because if they can keep a, a, a retail investors and, uns, quote, unquote, unsophisticated investors out of the markets, guess what? That means they can buy stocks on the cheap. And I think this is a very programmed strategy in place, and it has been for a long time. These perma bears that you may follow on Twitter, social media, or maybe on the Internet, they're nameless, aren't they, most of them? Who are these people, right? We don't know who these people are. They just put out a mountain of, of, of negativity, uh, economic and financial data, day after day after day. And it sounds so convincing, and it sounds so intelligent. And guess what? It's always so wrong. It just is. And so the thing that people should know, and this is a fact, do your own research, you'll find this out. They're not investors. Perma bears are not investors. Again, they are clickbait using list builders. That's their business model. And they do it to build lists. And they know that fear sells. They use fear uh, to, to have people sign up for the list and they sell their, their, their leads. Uh, to, that, this is where all the spam comes from that you get, right? All the spam we get, it's come from a lot of it comes from, from a financial point of view, an investing point of view. It comes from these perma bear lists. So just be very careful who you're listening to, because I'll tell you this, their interests almost certainly do not align with our interests. Just be aware of what their actual goals are. As a business owner, they are list builders, okay? Uh, so that's why we, we pay attention to the actual facts. What we believe right now is happening, what we see in the VR investing system is that we've said uh, consistently now over the last week or two, we believe this is the best buying opportunity since the bear market lows of last October 13th. Uh, on the very system, 
We just had every major U.S. equity index bounce off of what we call extreme oversold on steroids, our most oversold levels. This is when the biggest and sharpest moves higher take place. Here we go. Big move higher taking place. Also, the SP 500 dropped 10% from its late July peak. Again, seasonality went negative. Well, the average peak to trial uh, t- correction is 14.3%. So these corrections are not uncommon. As a reminder, in the uh, what we think is going to be the best parallel into 2030 uh, of the uh, the dot com melt up, that's where I think we are now. Again, we spelled this out in the big bribe. We had five corrections of 10% during the biggest bull market in history. We had a bear market of 32%. And some of those corrections were like 18, 20, 22%. We had a 31% bear market, 31 point something percent bear market uh, in 19, late 1998, about 16 months before the final move higher in NASDAQ, which was like 125% in short order. Uh, of course, NASDAQ went up 575% over five years. But we had uh, multiple uh, uh, corrections and even a bear market uh, during the biggest bull market in history. So these shakeouts are really common. They should not frighten you out of your positions. Instead, what we do here is when we see seasonality flipping to negative, when we see uh, the, our charts begin to break down, that's what we warn. The, the internals look ugly. That's when we say, you know what, this is not a great time to be adding to positions. And then we like to add to positions when things get to extreme oversold and we think seasonality is flipping. Again, all the things we're seeing now, this is how we've been setting up uh, our, our investment portfolios here. And what we've been trying to teach other people is to act when everybody else is leaving. And by the way, let's talk about that for a second. Because we learned last night that the AAII Investor Sentiment Survey hit 50% bears. That's the most bears since last December. Uh, it's a bit, only 24% bulls, 50% bears. Folks, that is a classic buying opportunity. Also, earlier this week, we had the Fear and Greed Index hit extreme fear, reading a 24. Yeah, we've seen lower, uh, but still, we had all of these things fall in place showing extreme fear in the market, sentiment flipping to very, very bearish. We saw it in the put call ratio, right? Tyler talks about this often. Day after day after day, put call ratio is 1.1, 1.2, 1.3 or higher. We had like a 1.4 uh, a put call ratio, almost unheard of. And so again, these are the things that happen at market bottoms, not at market tops. Uh, so these are these are sentiment buy signals. And we've seen all of those, again, just in the last week, Again, uh, uh, marked again by the AAI last night. Um, so these are, again, these, these are, these are back of the truck buying opportunities. Folks, again, November's the best month for the SP 100, Rust 2000, and the semiconductors. It's the best three month stretch for technology. The semis are up 7% on average in this month alone. They've been on a tear for the last two, three days here. Again, they are our strongest market tell. Uh, just to also note, housing stocks have been on a tear. Uh, HGX up 11% in the last five days, up 3.4% today. Even the bank stocks, check this out. Bank stocks, which have probably bottomed. Uh, we're not going to be recommending them, but I think they're so oversold. They bottomed today up a big 4.4%. Today, even the put call ratio, even with this monster move higher, the put call ratio, ratio today closed at 0.99, almost a one. Again, norm, normality there is like 0.7, okay? So anything around one, the excessive bearishness, excessive put buying, everybody looking for the market to fall. So uh, again, 
We, we think this is the best buying opportunity since last October, the market bottom. Uh, we recommend that investors use this correction right here to aggressively add to positions or initiate in semiconductors and technology, favorite tech, tech stocks, housing, energy, precious metals, miners, and Bitcoin. These are our strongest buy recs right now. Uh, Bitcoin, of course, for the obvious reasons, uh, these ETFs are going to be approved. Bitcoin will be easy to trade. There could be trillions of dollars coming in to the Bitcoin market. That's happening right now. Uh, and, uh, of course, I think precious metals and miners because we expect rates to continue to fall. Very bullish setup uh, for a long-term bull market in this space. And, of course, the U.S. dollar. That's the final piece of the puzzle that I want to see uh, begin to uh, fall apart is the strength of the U.S. dollar. But go back and look at a two-year chart. It tells a different story, okay? But yeah, the last year it has been strong. I think it reversed to the mean as well. And I think the dollar is headed into a long-term bear market. That's bullish for U.S. equity, certainly for our big multinational companies. All right, let's take a look at the hood today. These are very good readings today, folks. Really good readings. NYSE today, 88.8% up volume day. We get a, you know, It's so close to 90%, which would be a huge buy signal. That's all right. 88.8 is pretty good. Uh, also, advanced decline today, 8 to 1 positive uh, for NYSE. Haven't seen that in forever. Uh, put call ratio, excuse me, the uh, up volume for NASDAQ, also very strong, 79.4%. And also better than 3 to 1 advanced decline uh, for, for a NASDAQ. The only thing that was lagging, let me do a quick refresh here. The only thing lagging today uh, and this, these, are, these have been funky readings for a long time. It's new 52-week highs lows. We still today had more 52-week lows than 52-week highs. It wasn't by much, only by uh, like 30, 35 issues still negative on the day. Otherwise, it would have been a clean sweep and a trifecta. Still, we'll take this. It was a very good day uh, for the internals. Also, very good day today for our sector watch. All 11 sectors finished high on the day, led by energy up 3.1%. Love that group. Uh, real estate up 3%. Financials up 2.4%. Uh, everything again, everything up today, uh, at least 9 tenths of 1%. All 11 sectors finished higher on the day. In our commodity watch, uh, I'm surprised. Uh, I went and saw my, uh, my gold dealer today. And a uh, great guy here in Houston. If you want to know who he is, you know, reach out to me. I'll tell you privately who he is. Always recommend, people ask all the time, okay, Kip, you guys recommend physical gold and silver. Who do we buy from, right? I like to buy physical gold and silver from somebody I can shake the hand with. I want to know somebody in my community. Uh, I was taught this long time ago from my father, by the way, who uh, introduced me to my first gold dealer. And my father was buying physical gold, unfortunately, $800 an ounce at the very peak. Uh, before it went into a 20-year bear market. But still, it, you know, I became a gold bug pretty much at that point and uh, remain so to this day, even for more reasons today than I was then. But I recommend that you find someone in your community. Find a trusted source, precious metals dealer, coin dealer. Some of it can even be pawn shops. I wouldn't recommend it necessarily. But again, you know, in smaller areas, you gotta, you got to go with what you can find. And the reason I recommend that is because should the shit ever hit the fan, you want to know a really good precious metals dealer because these guys and girls know everybody in their community. My guy, Sonny, uh, is, I don't know, 70-something years old. I can promise you he's one of the top dealers in the country, knows everybody, super nice guy, old school, right? All his employees have been with him for forever, and uh, you know they're, they're just really good people to know because if something goes wrong, 
They know everybody that's anybody in your community. And at some point that may matter. Uh, I like to know those. I collect those kind of people, you know, Henry Ford had a phone and he said, I might not know the answer. I don't know the answer to most questions, but I got a phone here. I got an extension. I press this button. That guy will know the answer. I do that with experts in various areas. So I do recommend, even if you're in a small town, try to find somebody near you within a couple hundred miles. Uh, do your research. Uh, again, call us with questions. If you're near Houston, I'll give you my guy, but highly recommend you find a physical uh, metals dealer. Uh, gold today. I really think gold, I'm surprised gold hasn't reacted better to the move lower rates. Uh, I think that's happening though. Gold's been on a very nice move higher, getting up 22% in the year. Uh, gold outperforming the market, by the way. Gold today up $5.80 an ounce at 1993 an ounce. Silver up seven, seven cents an ounce at 22.87. Copper up, uh, what is that? Three cents a pound at 368 a pound. Crude oil. Up two dollars a barrel at eighty two forty seven. Again, finally today, Bitcoin down today, down forty two at thirty four thousand eight hundred and eighty. All right, folks, always appreciate you listening. Hope you had a great day and even better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.